Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Friday, January 6th. I want to draw your attention to a pick on the navigation menu on the Daily Audio Torah website. It is found under Our Projects and Partners. Select Torah House Global Prayer Network. This is a call to believers throughout the nations everywhere to take a place on the wall of prayer and to raise up a standard against the rising tide of evil and lawlessness that we see in our nations and in our culture. Let me share with you from their vision statement. The Torah House is an imaginary space where we meet every Erev Shabbat Friday night at 9 p.m. We all pray from our own location and in our own time zone. Together, we will enter into the virtual Torah House every Erev Shabbat at 9 p.m. your local time. His set-apart people will meet with Yeshua in His Torah House. Community prayer is of tremendous value because as we pray of one heart, mind, and purpose, great power is released in the heavens. We begin our prayer time with a great shofar blast and enter Yahovah's courts with praise. We come against the relentless tide of evil that is swallowing up the nations. We ask our Father to establish His Torah in our city, our region, and our nation. Each month, There is a featured prayer theme for the month so that together we can focus our prayers on the prayer theme for that month. This month's prayer theme is, How Close Are We to the Mark of the Beast? Go on a journey of aggregated news, video clips, and articles to reveal to you the answer to this question. Go to thetorahouse.com to see the prayer theme for January 2023. To learn more or to sign up to become a partner, a coordinator, or a member, go to thetorahouse.com and find out more. Join with others throughout the nations every Friday night at 9 p.m. your time, as together we raise up a symphony of prayer to Abba Father in seeking His face and crying out to Him for the remnant to return to the God of Israel and to His great and glorious Torah. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures and for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Vayeki, and it means, And He Lived. Genesis 49, 27-50-20 Benjamin is a ravenous wolf devouring his enemies in the morning and dividing his plunder in the evening. 
These are the twelve tribes of Israel, and this is what their father said as he told his sons goodbye. He blessed each one with an appropriate message. Then Jacob instructed them, Soon I will die and join my ancestors. Bury me with my father and grandfather in the cave in the field of Ephron the Hittite. This is the cave in the field of Machpelah, near Mamre in Canaan, that Abraham bought from Ephron the Hittite as a permanent burial site. There Abraham and his wife Sarah are buried. There Isaac and his wife Rebekah are buried. And there I buried Leah. It is the plot of land and the cave that my grandfather Abraham bought from the Hittites. When Jacob had finished this charge to his sons, he drew his feet into the bed, breathed his last, and joined his ancestors in death. Joseph threw himself on his father and wept over him and kissed him. Then Joseph told the physicians who served him to embalm his father's body, so Jacob was embalmed. The embalming process took the usual forty days, and the Egyptians mourned his death for seventy days. When the period of mourning was over, Joseph approached Pharaoh's advisors and said, Please do me this favor and speak to Pharaoh on my behalf. Tell him that my father made me swear an oath. He said to me, Listen, I am about to die. Take my body back to the land of Canaan and bury me in the tomb I prepared for myself. So please allow me to go and bury my father. After his burial, I will return without delay. Pharaoh agreed to Joseph's request. Go and bury your father as he made you promise, he said. So Joseph went up to bury his father. He was accompanied by all of Pharaoh's officials, all the senior members of Pharaoh's household, and all the senior officers of Egypt. Joseph also took his entire household and his brothers and their households, but they left their little children and flocks and herds in the land of Goshen. A great number of chariots and charioteers accompanied Joseph. When they arrived at the threshing floor of a lad near the Jordan River, they held a very great and solemn memorial service with a seven-day period of mourning for Joseph's father. The local residents, the Canaanites, watched them mourning at the threshing floor of Atad. Then they renamed that place, which is near the Jordan, Abel Mizraim, for they said, This is a place of deep mourning for these Egyptians. So Jacob's sons did as he had commanded them. They carried his body to the land of Canaan and buried him in the cave in the field of Machpelah near Mamre. This is the cave that Abraham had bought as a permanent burial site from Ephron the Hittite. After burying Jacob, Joseph returned to Egypt with his brothers and all who had accompanied him to his father's burial. But now that their father was dead, Joseph's brothers became fearful. Now Joseph will show his anger and pay us back for all the wrong we did to him, they said. So they sent this message to Joseph. Before your father died, he instructed us to say to you, Please forgive your brothers for the great wrong they did to you, for their sin in treating you so cruelly. So we, the servants of the God of your father, beg you to forgive our sin. When Joseph received the message, he broke down and wept. Then his brothers came and threw themselves down before Joseph. Look, we are your slaves, they said. 
But Joseph replied, Don't be afraid of me. Am I God that I can punish you? You intended harm for me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. Matthew 5, 27-48 You have heard the commandment that says you must not commit adultery. But I say anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So if your eye, even your good eye, causes you to lust, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your hand, even your stronger hand, causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. You have heard the Torah that says a man can divorce his wife by merely giving her a written notice of divorce. But I say that a man who divorces his wife unless she has been unfaithful, causes her to commit adultery. And anyone who marries a divorced woman also commits adultery. You have also heard that our ancestors were told, You must not break your vows. You must carry out the vows you make to the Lord. But I say, do not make any vows. Do not say, by heaven, because heaven is God's throne. And do not say, by the earth, because the earth is his footstool. And do not say by Jerusalem, for Jerusalem is the city of the great king. Do not even say by my head, for you can't turn one hair white or black. Just say a simple yes, I will, or no, I won't. Anything beyond this is from the evil one. You have heard the Torah that says the punishment must match the injury, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say, do not resist an evil person. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, offer the other cheek also. If you are sued in court and your shirt is taken from you, give your coat also. If a soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile, carry it two miles. Give to those who ask and don't turn away from those who want to borrow. You have heard the Torah that says, Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. If you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you are kind only to your friends, how can you how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. But you are to be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Psalm 6, 1-10 O Lord, don't rebuke me in your anger or discipline me in your rage. Have compassion on me, Lord, for I am weak. Heal me, Lord, for my bones are in agony. I am sick at heart. How long, O Lord, until you restore me? 
Return, O Lord, and rescue me. Save me because of your unfailing love. For the dead do not remember you. Who can praise you from the grave? I am worn out from sobbing. All night I flood my bed with weeping, drenching it with my tears. My vision is blurred by grief. My eyes are worn out because of all my enemies. Go away, all you who do evil, for the Lord has heard my weeping. The Lord has heard my plea. The Lord will answer my prayer. May all my enemies be disgraced and terrified. May they suddenly turn back in shame. Proverbs 1, 29-33 For they hated knowledge and chose not to fear the Lord. They rejected my advice and paid no attention when I corrected them. Therefore they must eat the bitter fruit of living their own way, choking on their own schemes. For simpletons turn away from me to death. Fools are destroyed by their own complacency. But all who listen to me will live in peace, untroubled by fear of harm. I want to speak to you today from our reading from Matthew chapter 5. And again, this is a continuation of the Sermon on the Mount. And as I said yesterday, this is probably one of my most favorite chapters in the whole Bible. It really is the constitution of the kingdom. And it, when you read it, it's very refreshing because it's completely contrary and opposite to the ways of the world. So where I want to zoom in on is how do we deal with an evil person in our life? And the scriptures give us some principles about that. In Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 39, But I say, do not resist an evil person. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, offer the other cheek also. If you are sued in court and your shirt is taken from you, give your coat also. If a soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile, carry it two miles. Give to those who ask, and don't turn away from those who want to borrow. Do not resist an evil person. Now, let me frame that. This is not talking about an evil regime, an evil government, an evil system which we're living in right now. It's talking at the personal level with an individual person. Perhaps it's an ex-husband or an ex-wife. Perhaps it's a former boss or a former business partner. Perhaps there's somebody in your life that was treacherous, betrayed you, stabbed you in the back, um, performed terrible Lashom Hurrah, that is to gossip and slander about you behind your back to your loved ones and has just wreaked a whole lot of damage and harm. So how do we handle this? Yeshua is saying, do not resist an evil person. Do not resist them. What happens when we do resist them? Think of it like this. It's a tug of war in the spiritual realm. 
So an evil person probably has an evil spirit, or I call it a critter, upon them. It could be a spirit of anger, a spirit of control, but there's some uh, some kind of an evil spirit that is operating in that person. So it's a spiritual battle, and you could picture this spiritual battle as a tug of war. And you have yourself on one end of the rope and the other evil person or the evil spirit that's operating in them on the other end of the rope. And you're both tugging, pulling in your own direction. And who's going to win? Well, the person who's stronger. But what Yeshua is saying is do not resist an evil person. So what do you do with this tug of war situation? You let go of the rope. You don't push back. You let go of the rope. You turn the other cheek. If the person is hurling evil for evil and insult for insult, you don't hurl back. You don't have to stay and take it. You can zip your lips and walk away. Leave the room. Let's continue on. You have heard in verse 43, you have heard the Torah that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And that way you'll be acting as true children of your father in heaven. This is impossible to do in your own flesh and in the natural. When someone is exceedingly wicked or hurtful or harmful to us, our innate reaction is to self-defend, to put up our defense walls, and to protect ourselves, but also to hurl back, to fight back. And so this cannot be done in the natural. This can only be done in the spiritual realm. Our flesh wants to fight back. And so we have to take all of those fleshly feelings to the Lord in prayer and ask him to remove any anger or hatred or offense or unforgiveness that we might have towards that person that is hurting us and ask God to give us his heart for that person. We've all had people in our life that have wounded us, that have wronged us, that have offended us, that have betrayed us. We've all had those people in our life, and it's an opportunity to grow. It's an opportunity to learn how to walk in unconditional love, agape love. So if someone has wronged you, start this way. You begin in prayer in your closet, and you begin to pray for that person. And you pray blessings over that person. Perhaps they ripped you off in some way in a, in a divorce settlement or in a business situation. Pray for God's blessing over them and upon them. And it's going to rub your flesh wrong. <laughs> your flesh isn't going to want to do it. But it's your spirit. And you pray blessing over them. And you purpose and choose to forgive that person. And it's pretty hard to stay angry and mad at someone that you're praying for on a consistent basis. So begin to pray for this person regularly. 
Pray for their salvation. Pray for God's blessing. Pray for God to set them free. Pray for a change of heart in them. Pray that God would help you to forgive them and to love them unconditionally. And as you do that, it changes your own heart. It really does. And you really can begin to love your enemy. Now, I distinguish that from an evil system. For example, the Chinese Communist Party, the CCP, it is absolutely evil. That system is evil. They lock up their own citizens inside of high-rise buildings and seal the doors shut and don't let them come out in the name of zero tolerance to COVID. And then when a big fire happens in that tall building, they let the people inside literally burn to death. That is so evil. So a system like that, we can pray and ask the Lord to to take that system down. And, And we can do things in our own nations where we live to peacefully protest and take action against the tyranny that is rising up throughout all the nations and all the globe. We can do peaceful protests. I'm not saying to love evil systems and governments, but at the individual level. Why? Why does God have us do this? It's because, not always, but often, when someone who has a hard heart, someone who has a demonic spirit on them, sees our loving reaction to them, and it's a loving reaction that's consistent, eventually, they wonder why, how, how can this person be so kind and loving to me when I've been so cruel to them? It's the complete opposite of what they would normally get. And it can win their heart over. They see the love of God operating in and through you to that person. Because God's love is an ocean. It's higher than the highest sky. It's deeper than the deepest ocean. His love is unconditional. And his love, his love and his grace is what melts hardened, cold hearts and brings people to repentance. Now, that evil person in your life may or may not repent. They may never repent, but maybe they will. You don't know. But when we forgive them, We are set free. We can walk in peace. When we hold anger, when we hold a grudge, when we hold offenses, we're trapped. We're in a little jail cell of unforgiveness. So, may we not resist an evil person. May we love our enemies. And may we pray for those who persecute us. This is the way of the kingdom. This is a kingdom principle, right from the very heart of Yeshua. Have a blessed day. We'll see you tomorrow. Vish Maru
Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.